Welcome to episode 3 of season 11 of Delving Into Dance. This season has a special focus on Australian dancers living and working overseas. This interview is with Juliette Burnett of Australian and Indonesian heritage. After dancing for the Australian ballet and working freelance in Australia, Juliette ventured to Europe and is now based in Antwerp. This interview is presented in two parts. Part one explores where dance started for Juliet, her time at the Australian Ballet, freelance life and moving to Europe. This episode includes ideas around making dance accessible for others. Part two looks at career highlights, dancing in Europe and Juliet as a DJ, alongside what is in store for 2020. This is part two. We had just finished up talking about dance accessibility and ballet in Indonesia. Obviously, what you bring into uh, Indonesian context is quite um, quite unique and built on Western dance, you know, art forms and things that have been learnt there. I'm wondering what you bring in terms of that Indonesian dance experience and ideas and also the Australian um, specific context over to Europe like do you notice that there are things that you've learned in Australia that are quite unique or that you know you've picked up um, yeah from Indonesia yeah. as well aside from calling all my colleagues mate <laughs> <laughs> some of them pay me out about it it's pretty funny like hey Jules and mate <laughs> so <laughs> yeah no actually yeah I it's really nice. That's what I also what I really like about dancing in this company is that it has certainly been channeled on in a few occasions in creation. And yeah, like uh, for example, um, we're at the moment creating, recreating, I should say, an opera for with Alain Platel, which is wow, dream come true. I'm getting to work with Alain Platel, and. Yeah, with small cast of dancers and creating at the moment a small solo where Alan was very interested um, in some improvisation that I'd done in the workshop process. And whenever I improvise, I always go back into Javanese dance motifs. Like, it's like my default home home base. It's really funny. Like, and I, obviously in improvising, you're very lost in the moment and, you know, you you find yourself just returning to certain things that feel nice to do that you enjoy to do and yeah I've that's how the more that I improvise um the more I learn what my home base is and it's Javanese dance um the thing that's in my blood (laughs) so um yeah Alan was really interested in some of those shapes and the the textures of the movements that I made and asked if we could create a solo together that was based around those movements so that was like yippee this is awesome I'm getting to do this like a choreographer yeah I worked with a couple of seasons ago Edward Locke very famous for his dance films as well he was really interested in that side of me and helped um well he created some hand movements in in this piece heart of august continued um around my my culture and then yeah like i i know that like Larby's always really you know celebrating that part of my identity and so it just feels like it's something that i can really celebrate that point of difference over here and really use it 
and use it to set myself apart, but also use it to deepen my connection with my culture, my second culture, my first culture, I don't know, made my first choreography for the stage. And what I really wanted to explore in that was this idea that how is it that, like, I moved to Europe, I move over to the bloody other side of the world and I feel in many ways more connected to my Australianness and my Indonesianness. like how is that possible and I had this idea of first of all it was as a writing piece like to write an essay about the notion of identity and its intersection with culture you know our stories and histories and uh, notions of identity and how the nature of it all is in fact very fluid and non-binary, how it can be very engaged with or rebelling against the space that you happen to be in, like, um, yeah, whether it's Antwerp, Belgium, or whether it's Berlin, or whether it's London or Jakarta or Sydney, wherever, and how your identity behaves in different spaces. And that was kind of the 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 first idea and then um I wanted to create a a solo work around it I had lots of ideas for how to explore uh, a hybrid I guess or a new dialogue between the Javanese dance between contemporary dance and classical ballet maybe but more between contemporary dance and Javanese dance and then yeah I wanted to to use a dancer that was of this place of Belgium and yeah I ended up asking a young actor dancer called um, Victor Polster um, who was um, the star of the film Girl the Belgian film Girl from a couple of years ago and yeah we created In Situ which premiered last year and I was really happy with Victor's uh, he's only 17 years old but his openness to learning to coming on this crazy adventure with me, first of all, but also um, helping me carve a new new dialogue between the form. I was exploring dance theatre as well because that's really my first love in terms of, like, performance. Um, Dance theatre will always be my number one. Yeah, I, I just, like, I just love the the confluence of dance and theatre together. It's like my two first loves right there and music, of course. So, yeah, he was kind of the perfect person to explore that with as an actor and a dancer and, yeah, so incredibly open to the process and I learnt so much about, yeah, my own identity in that time as well and I feel like I've also found a new outlet and voice through which I can explore more of like that Indonesian culture as well. So yeah, like I'm I'm already thinking about I have two other fantastic I think I think fantastic ideas for for new pieces based both of them based on on traditional Javanese stories. Yeah, so yeah, watch this space. <laughs> In terms of your work, you've danced with so many, like, incredible choreographers in so many different kind of works and contexts and stuff. Are there things, like, when you look back across your dancing um, career to date that really stand out or particular roles or particular works? I mean, you mentioned, like, that theatre, the link between theatre and dance or the particular things that you just, like, 
that's that's that works me kind of thing. Oh, that, that I've danced yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, in my career in Australia with the ballet company, I think Giselle became quite synonymous with me. I mean, I I do physically and stylistically very very much suit that romantic ballet intention and aesthetic the spirit of it and I really connected with it as well which is I really enjoyed Giselle and also like Les Sylphid, La Sylphid uh yeah I really enjoyed those romantic ballets the yeah the history of them I was quite in love with as well like I, I much more preferred those to you know, like the straight-up classical ballets, like, um, yeah, the old Petapa tutu ballets, because, um, yeah, I think I just didn't like being upright, basically. <laughs> I'd like to be in a more of a, an incline or a recline and <laughs> be a bit more horizontal in my movement. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it, I think also, like, actually, Mena Gilgood put it really well when she said that a lot. It, what's interesting about, like, the technique of dancing Giselle and romantic ballet is to create the illusion of weightlessness. You actually have to really transfer the weight more like a contemporary dancer and contemporary technique. And it's true, actually. Like, yeah, no, if I were to, like, given the opportunity one day to coach Giselle, I think, like, I could bring a lot more knowledge to it now that I've done all of this contemporary dance here. And, yeah, it's it, it's actually, I think that's probably where, where the attraction lay as well. So, yeah, Giselle, yeah, certainly Graham, Graham Murphy's choreographies, like, I was, I really grew in his work in my years at the Aussie Ballet and he was always putting me in his in his principal roles so I danced yeah like Sophie and the Silver Rose and yeah like I mentioned Odette and Swan Lake Romeo and Juliet I got to dance my namesake so that was that was something that like for sure is very synonymous with me too and that I feel very connected with because that's yeah what I was named after so yeah that's my years at Aussie Ballet but also yeah I mentioned Wayne McGregor um before and I really connected with his work and I um yeah a lot of audience members really enjoyed my performances in in those works and I I felt very much like it was a not natural (laughs) his work's not natural (laughs) for the body it really hurts but how to say like it was something that I really enjoyed to move in like really really enjoyed those shows so yeah as that's that chapter of my career so I don't know I'm Maybe it's wrong to look at it in chapters, but it somehow helps me. My my brain likes to categorise things. But once over here, I, I, for sure, like um, this Edward Locke work that I mentioned earlier, The Heart of August Continues, a very cryptic title. And when I asked him, what does it mean, Edward? He was like, what do you think it means? I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, started, we started creation in August. Is that what it means? He's like, nope. I'm like I have no idea. I'm like not even going to try and figure it out. But, but yeah, the the work was we sort of worked around this abstraction of yeah, like the Orpheus tale basically, and I was Eurydice, and so that was the basis of of the piece. But then, um, yeah, then I, it was really interesting that that was what it was because one of the 
yeah, big creations that was made of me at Oz Ballet was Semele. And so I was like, maybe this is becoming a bit of a theme in my career, this sort of <laughs> Greek myth heroine or something so maybe that's also another answer to the question that can be a greek and often not like the the goddess it's usually like the crazy mortal like maybe it's my hair or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) or the one who's just a little bit nuts somehow like i don't know so yeah but that was a um all jokes aside part of august continued earned me my first sort of like recognition over here and there was his critics awards in the dance Europe magazine and um, I was recognized for for that and so it felt like my first recognition in Europe and I felt very deeply connected to that work and like it was a huge development in my own dancing career and so yeah that was an important moment for me and sort of like Phew, okay I've made the right choice coming over here <laughs> And then, yeah, like the work of Larby, obviously, we do a lot of it here. And, yeah, that's that's also something that could be seen as, like, something that I, identifies me as a dancer. And, yeah, like I said, like, Pina Bausch is, yeah, my um, dance idol forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> we had the opportunity here to be the first, we were the first company outside of Tansia at Wuppertal to be able to f- perform Café Moolah which was a huge deal yeah just that will be something that sticks in my memory forever that being on that stage on the premiere night and thinking my god we've just made history here like you know so and looping back to your teenage nerd days around totally totally i was like yeah so now i get why i was like that weird kid in ballet school who had pictures of pina bausch taped up in my locker everyone else had pictures of like ballerinas and darcy bustle and they're like who's that like it's pina bausch guys (laughs) yeah like things sort of yeah it was a big sort of um confluence of many things making sense and affirmations and all the rest of it it was a really beautiful moment yeah, often like um, here I find that as one, like having had the classical ballet career I've had, I find that I'm often cast doing the more ballet-based choreographies, which is like, yep, a fairly, I guess, like obvious choice. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoy it in some ways in that I can do something and develop in something that feels like I'm... Not that I've mastered it, but I feel like I've done a lot of work in and can develop in a way that builds my self-confidence, I think. But, yeah, what I'm really, what I really came here for was to do things that really challenged my sense of, like, who I thought I was as a dancer. And so I think now, like, I, I really sort of hunger to do more things that are really outside of my preconceived box of what I can do or what kind of dancer I identify as or think of myself as so yeah maybe if we do this interview again in two years I'll be able to answer and say well I did this and this and this (laughs) now that's my new identity (laughs) and outside of dance I've heard that you um dabble a little bit as a DJ is that right yeah, I haven't, you know what, I'm so bad. I haven't been practicing for a very long time. But, yeah, I have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, like more so like I write as well. Um, so that would I would say that that's my 
my second career, I guess. I've been writing a bit on and off since 2009, just on a very, every now and again, very casual basis. And I am, at the moment, putting words together to hopefully have a book one day. Wow. I'm sort of just starting to do that. But, yeah, uh, music's always been a huge passion of mine and um, we were in the middle of the process of putting together Akram Khan's Giselle here, which, again, like, oh, I have to say, like, sorry, in addition to that previous question is, like, I'm probably, yeah, I think it's only six or seven women who have danced um, Akram Khan's Giselle including the dancers in our company. And so I'd be one of only a few who have danced both the traditional Giselle and Akram Khan's Giselle. And so that was a really nice moment as well to, like, come, like, not in full circle, but, like, to come into a contemporary imagining of this story that I knew so well and was so highly trained in and got to perform before and I feel like that was a hugely like a huge yeah really huge moment for my my new identity as a dancer over here was like that I could bring that history um, and that archive into the future and into the present and everything else so that was a really cool moment and not that I was, like, actively comparing the two roles, but, like, it was really refreshing to do a very, you know, a, a, a Giselle that had a very contemporary context in this world and said something quite political, actually, about this world. Mm. Um, and that was a real gift to do that. And, yeah, so... Um, and also the the Katak hand movements have many similarities with the Javanese ones. So that was really interesting. And I could draw comparisons there. And it was really, like, interesting to nerd out on that too. So sorry, to go back <laughs> to um, what's, what was the question? Um, we're talking about DJing. The DJing, yes. So we were staging um, that and it was a very intense process. And to wind down, as I always do, I was listening to a lot of music and then I kind of thought, well, yeah, I think I'd really like to to learn how to DJ. So, yeah, I did. And, um, yeah, and I got some gigs and it's been a really nice, fun outlet. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, not – it's it's hard. <laughs> it's really – I find it really hard. And also I'm a massive perfectionist, so I sort of uphold that in pretty much all aspects of my life. <laughs> And yeah, so so I, I just it's something I really enjoy to do and can just I guess indulge in another creative outlet through that as well. And it's nice um, I've got some other gigs and things that might be happening once we get into some warmer weather over here. And it's a nice way to to network and meet other people outside of the dance world. And yeah, for that I, I'm really enjoying it. And in terms of 2020 as a last question, what's in store for you this year? What's, what are you looking Brilliant forward to? Question. I have no idea. What did my horoscope say? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm, I've just come out of a really, like, difficult year for me personally. So I'm really looking forward to finding more lightness and more joy and looking forward to exploring some of my 
ideas because like if there was one big jolt that I needed was to just like like I said about the choreography just do it like you know stop being scared of it and just do it and now that I've done that I feel like it's opened up this whole can of worms of or Pandora's box however you want to look at at it um of you know other stuff that I want to do like like writing this book for example and um yeah like really get knuckling down into my ideas for um what I want would like to do more in Indonesia and working with more Indonesian choreographers um, and dancers and getting my ass over there <laughs> sooner rather than later because it's been a di- it's been difficult to find the time to do so in my schedule um, and find time out that I needed to take last year for sure. But yeah, that's on the cards. Is an Indonesia visit at some point? I'd, I'd like to stay for like. A, a while not just like two weeks um stay a while and like immerse myself more in, in the scene the piece that i made last year in c2 um we're going to make a film of it as well wow. so i'm gonna work start working on that also just completed filming of a dance film with my friend sam azart who's a award-winning dance filmmaker and my very good friend who's a choreographer Christopher Hill he was a dancer in Oz Ballet with me and was a dancer in the company here in fact and WA Ballet as well and he choreographed for this dance film so the three of us made this film in the summer and we're just sort of sorting out the music for it at the moment but that will be released this year yeah there's a couple of other projects um with choreographers um that and other dancers that um, are still sort of in their gestational stage of um, chatting about possibilities and yeah, so Sounds there's like that. A full year. That's and that's not within my contract at Ballet <laughs> that's, that's all my extracurricular stuff. As for like the performances here, I'm, I am like I mentioned before the opera of Alan Patel. I'm really excited about. We will be performing also Pina Bausch's Rite of Spring, which is like, whoa, is this really happening? But soon it will be happening in the spring, in the European spring. And another work of Labi's called Noetic, and we'll be um, then starting to work towards the next season. And I can't say anything about that yet because <laughs> it's. Not- open to the public but yeah there's um there's some cool stuff coming up but um yeah i think like just lots more working with more awesome people who inspire me and finding lots more joy in life and yeah hopefully i'll get back to australia as well again at christmas time and like i did this last christmas and connect again with a land that hopefully will have healed from the bushfires by then yeah because that was very confronting to see when i went back at christmas it was like i mean i didn't see it firsthand but like i could smell it and i could see it in the the air the smoke it was kind of really really scary yeah so so 2020 i hope i really hope it's going to be a big and bright year Thanks for listening to this interview. You can find out more about Juliet online at delvingintodance.com where you'll find a list of links and episode notes. You'll also find a range of other episodes from a range of choreographers, including Paul White, Damien Gillet, Meryl Tankard, and a range of others. On the website, you can also find a range of written responses about dance from a range of dance artists and thinkers. 
Delving to Dance relies on the support of you, the listener. So if you enjoy these episodes, please consider contributing online. Delving to Dance is funded by listener contributions and also relies on funding from the Victorian Government through Creative Victoria and the Australian Government through the Australia Council, its arts funding and advisory body. Until next time, take care.